Welcome to a Lunch with Biggie, a podcast about small business and creatives sharing their stories and inspiring you. My guest today has consciously curated a collection of high quality products to improve the life of their shoppers. Their mission is to curate good goods that tell a story to be proud of. Please welcome the proprietor and founder and co-owner of Maffrey's, Jeff Stark. What's going on, Jeff? Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for having a lunch break with me. I really appreciate it. What, out of curiosity, what's your usual go-to lunch sandwich? Oh, boy. Uh, that would probably be a seasonal answer. Oh, I like this. Yeah. Okay. So uh, right now, uh, during the summer, I love, and it sounds simple, but I love a great peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Okay. I do. I love it. Uh, it's simple. It's nostalgic. It reminds me of summer because that's really uh, when we came in from playing, my mom would just whip up a PB&J and out you go. And, and it was great. and I loved it. I, do you make PB&Js now too still? I do. Okay. I do. What, uh, so we'll go with, like, I'm just kind of curious, not that the whole podcast is about sandwiches, even though that's what people <laughs> think it is. Um, what kind of jelly do you use and peanut butter as well as also how do you construct it? Is it like peanut butter on both breads? No. So, uh, I like both crunchy and smooth peanut butter. So it just depends on my mood. Um, but it's got to be a nice thick layer, not just a simple brushing of peanut butter. It needs to be nice and thick. Um, and then most recently, a jam that I was carrying, a local jam by Smiling Goat, Jill Rodas, mm-hmm. uh, which we're going to be having soon again, from what I hear. Nice. Yeah. Um, I would use her jam. And uh, it because she did so many different profile flavors, layers, it took peanut butter and jelly like to a, a whole different level for me. Like an adult PB&J. It definitely was. Definitely nothing I would share with anybody. It's just for me. Okay. <laughs> and do you put peanut butter on both sides of the bread or just one? Just one. Okay. Great. Yeah. And then I'm, I know that's a summer thing, but just out of curiosity, my, my podcast tends to be evergreen. So like, do you have like a, a fall or a winter? Are they pretty much different as well? No, there absolutely is a different. Um, and it's actually another local maker, uh, Tao to Cheese. Their grilled cheese sandwich changed my world. I had it a couple years ago at Ivanhoe Brewing and uh, with a side of their tomato soup. And it trans, I'm from Michigan. And so it transported me back to just up north in that, you know, the color bursts and, you know, just the smell of fall and that cozy, warm feeling. And they know how to do grilled cheese. They do. They actually were a podcast episode uh, oh, a few were? weeks ago. Yeah, a few mu- a few episodes back. So yeah, they oh. uh, their story is amazing to hear and listen to. So yeah, definitely a good plug, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So those are those are my two. Okay. No, the, I mean, hey, th- you got two classics. Those are like the, the two most popular classics: the grilled cheese and the PB and J. I laugh because some people are like, "Well, I'm really, I'm sorry, I'm boring." I was like, "No, I'm like that's." Mm-mm. Those are the most common answers that you usually get. So, yeah. so no, that totally uh, makes sense. So tell folks a little bit about how you and Matt decided to start Maffrey's in 2020. Sure. So, well, it actually started from something that wasn't so pleasant. Uh, I was laid off in late 2019 uh, from a 25-year career with Disney. With the mouse, yep. yeah. With the mouse. And, you know, that's not unheard of to be part of uh, a riff, a, you know, a reduction in workforce. Um you know, I had in 25 years, you know, I had, I was ripe, you know, fruit for the picking, uh, which ended up being the greatest gift I've ever received. So fortunately for me, Matt has his own career. He's a, he's a travel director. He works for a company outside San Francisco. And, uh, you know, so there's that and he, we're, we're good with that. 
so when I got my news, uh, this plan that I had had for many years, in fact, I found a journal from 2008 that had, because I keep journals, uh, from 2008. And I I just showed Matt recently the layout of the store that I had mapped out. And it was scary how uh, familiar it looked. It was, it was pretty... So you kind of, you took a while, but you manifested it. I absolutely manifested this. So it had always been a pipeline dream. And I think the universe finally got tired of hearing me you know, want this dream to manifest itself. And uh, so what you're looking at is, or when people come into the store, what they're like, this is my severance package. So I got paid to start my dream. I got paid to finance this endeavor. That's, so That is awesome. Yeah. And so we, uh, the, the way we came up with the name, and, and we had established this name a long, long time ago, uh, when we first started dating, we would, text each other at the exact same time almost with the exact same messages we would when we FaceTime because he traveled for work we'd have the same sort of topics to talk it was weird so we started calling them Maffrey moments and uh, when we decided to open up the store we were trying to think of the name and we said it's, it's got to be Maffrey because it's a combination of our names Matthew and Jeffrey we go by Matt and Jeff but uh, and we thought well no one's going to know what a Maffrey is so we've got to really do our homework on how to market this I don't know. We did a great job. On no, that, I think it's, I mean, Hey, it, it's great. I, it's funny because that was one of the first things my wife, I always have a conversation with my wife, but when I have a guest and I'm like, Hey, what do you think? She's like, I want to know how they came up with it. Even though we knew the re- we knew that it was a, a combination of both your names, mm-hmm. but she's like, I want to know how that all kind of happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that I kind of wanted to wanted to chat with you a little bit about was like, there's some things that I find very interesting. Like one was, I know that your tagline and kind of how, how you guys started, what you originally started, and I'm kind of curious since you brought up the journal. So let's, I'm going to go with this and then kind of we'll lead there. Um, in your journal and when you were writing about what you wanted to do, I know that in my research looking originally, your concept of your store was originally going to be a men's boutique. Mm-hmm. So in your journal, was it going to be a men's boutique or was you just, or was it actually this type storefront? And I, I'm kind of curious on like where that, like, let's talk a little bit about the, the origin story of how you went from wanting to do a men's boutique, uh, type store, because obviously we'll, and we'll do a back, we'll do a back, a little quick back thing before you go is, you know, you have an extensive hit, um, experience during the time that you worked for the mouse. That was what you did. You did merchandising and, and kind of like boutique type, um, you know, experience. So therefore you have quite a bit of experience with it, but I was kind of curious what made the pivot of going from, I want to do a boutique men's type style boutique too. And then this will be a perfect way for you to then tell people like what they would expect and how, where you came from, from that mm-hmm. to what it, your store is, what Maffrey's is now. Right. So that's actually a, quite a, quite a, a story. So the one thing that made uh, my husband and I fall in love with boutique shopping in general is when we traveled we would always look for the places like in Ivanhoe Village. We wanted to know where do the local shop and where are the local boutiques. And so we love this kind of shopping. So uh, we were on a weekend getaway to St. Augustine and we were going down St. George Street which you know has its chains and you know different things. But we stumbled into a store called Mustache and it was a store just for men and it had the most unique product I had never seen anywhere. And Matt and I are always looking for, you know, men don't get a lot of accessories. No. Cool accessories. Correct. And so we walked in and they had 
you know, whiskers, the shoelaces that I carry. They had the Duke Cannon. They had, uh, you could customize a belt. They had really cool messenger bags. They had all the shaving accoutrement. They had bracelets. They had every widget and gadget for guys that you could think of. They had it. And I said, Matt, this, it, Orlando doesn't have this. How do we not have this? And so we fell in love. We spent a bunch of money. So anyway, that was, but that was back in 2016, somewhere in there. Um, but that was always in my mind. And so ultimately when 2019 happened, my layoff, uh, I said, let's do this. Let's, let's do this men's store. And so we secured a spot down the, uh, down the way here, not in our current location, but just down by the North Quarter, um, which that in and of itself is a story uh, of how we secured that spot um, when you talk about manifestations. Uh, so we decided to open up as a men's store. And so I was, you know, I was doing all my research and I was finding wholesalers and I was looking and, and a couple of the sites that really cater to wholesalers, uh, as I was looking for product, I started seeing these really amazing stories of like, you know, uh, one guy I used to carry, he had did wooden bow ties and they were handmade and they were, he was, he had this set up in his garage and it was just a passion project for him. But they were really cool and contributions of my purchase for him went to like this Jewish center in New York. And I was like, what? That's, that's really cool. Yeah. And so we started stumbling upon these really great stories of these very small businesses here in the U.S. We hadn't gotten our tagline yet, and so as Matt and I were finding these things, Matt said, "You know, I think our tag should be good goods." And I said, "And I, I, it was, it was so profound. I probably sat there for probably ten minutes, like, oh my god, like, that's that's amazing because that that sums up everything we do, is good goods. You know, not everything has that miraculous sort of story yeah. behind it, um, but the majority of what we do have does, and so." The, um, so anyway, as I was finding these stories, they weren't necessarily attached to men's product. And they were really good. I, there was a one, the one that really caught me was there was this woman in Michigan. She does like uh, party uh, glasses and, and plates and everything. They're really pretty. But part of her mission, it was all made in the U.S. It was a small women-owned company. But portions of what she made went to throw birthday parties for underprivileged children. Oh, wow. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. What? And so... I kept discovering all these stories. So anyway, I bought a bunch of men's product. We opened up our store. And just like on Friends, when they're like pivot, it was, oh my God, we've got to pivot now. Because once we opened, which was, well, we had a ready to open store for 10 weeks because our grand opening day was the day, was the day the city shut down. So we had a ready to open store down on the North Quarter that sat there for 10 weeks. I'd go in and visit it during the pandemic and dust and, you know, just look at it. We got to finally open May 22nd. Uh, but when we finally opened, it was immediate to me that our demographic shopper was women. There was a particular age range. And while they shop for their boyfriends and their husbands and their brothers or whatever, they also want to shop for themselves. And I really didn't have a lot. And so that's who was coming in. And I told Matt, I said, um, I think we've got to pivot very fast. We were only there for three months. So within three months, I turned the inventory. We, and, and I had an arsenal of stories of women-owned companies that I already had on the docket of when we get a bigger space, you know, I got to bring these people in because these are just stories that need to be told. And the product's amazing. And you know, I was just like a wild child with this because 
if you're going to have good goods, you've got to have, you've got to know the vendor, you've got to know the story, you've got to know all the details behind it. So um, within three months, we outgrew that space. And uh, I was, I told Matt one day, I said, we poured a lot of money into that space, by the way. It was rent as is. We had to replace some, we, we probably spent about $10,000 just to get that place open. Wow. And so when I told Matt, we were really pressing at the seams and I really thought we should move. Of course, that was the last thing he wanted to hear. And uh, this is another great manifestation story. In one day, because I'd had the conversation with him, I think we got to move because we're not, we're busting at the seams here. The gals from Paper Goat Post, who sadly moved to Baldwin Park, they were our neighbors here, they came in and said, hey, just FYI, there's a space down in Swanson's Ivanhoe Row, you know, that you might want to look at. And I was like, oh, God, you know, that's amazing, because I know this row. I've driven by this row for the last 26 years. I used to live in the pink apartments, my Fairchild, you know, funeral hall when it was there. And, you know, I knew this, this space. And, uh, and then our Main Street director came in a couple hours later, Christian Switzer, who's moved to Washington uh, or Seattle. Um, and she said, hey, just FYI, there's a space down the road. You know, have you thought about, you know, that? So it's really kind of more your demographic. And, and then my good friend Kate came in that afternoon and she said, dude, you've real, did you know? And I so called Matt and I said, in one day, three people have told me about this. So that evening at seven o'clock, we walked down here. The sun was setting on the lake, which was basically the equivalent of going into the pound and holding a puppy. <laughs> You're going to go home with it. We saw the space. It was empty. It, I mean, the view... I, and I said, we've, we've at least got a call and find out what, what are the details on this. Well, fast forward, you know, Bob Swanson was gracious enough to allow us to come into this space. And that was three months after we opened. We opened there May 22nd. We were here in this space opened September 9th. Holy cow. It was... Uh, <laughs> when, I, when I think about... When I, when I really stop and think about, like, what this journey's looked like over these last three years, there are some things that um, really do not sound possible. Yeah, but they but they happened. We're living proof. So let's so let's kind of let's dig a little deeper on that. Why do you think those things have you like have you like spent some time thinking? I'm trying to like ponder on like what is, what is it that you think has allowed these things to happen? Well, you know. Uh, a lot of people, you know, will talk about their faith. You know, I, I'm more of a spiritualist. I'm more about the universe, you know, the law of attraction. You know, if, if, if you think it can happen, it can happen. Your thoughts become things. And so um, we, this dream I wanted so deeply that uh, there was no way things weren't going to work out. I just allowed I just allowed it to come in. When we opened that space down there, number one, like I already said, no one knew, knew, knew what a Maffrey's was. Yeah. You know, nobody knew we were opening. We didn't have the money at yeah. that point for marketing the way that some people are able to market. Um, and uh, this was another neat story. Um, I don't know if you know Dan Cockrell and Lee Cockrell. That Lee was the vice president of Walt Disney World. Mm -hmm. His son Dan was the vice president of Magic Kingdom. And I reported to Dan twice in my Disney career. And um, we opened May 22nd. I got a call the week after we opened, and it was Dan. 
and he said, hey, I've got a book I'm launching. Would you be open to doing a book signing for me? And I kind of, again, I kind of sat there not like, what? Are you kidding me? And I said, yeah, of course. Dan, yes. Oh, yes. And he said, great, the book's not out yet. So, you know, we'll do the signing there, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and then he called. And then, of course, I'm just on my heels reeling because I'm like, how is this happening? Yeah. And then uh, a few days later, he called back and he said, hey, uh, do you mind if my dad comes too, Lee? Do you mind if Lee comes and signs his book too? <laughs> I said, Dan, of, of course. The fact that I got these two Disney legends to come to our store the first week, well, really the second week, we were open, was, was such a godsend. But again, I didn't reach out to Dan. Dan reached out to me. Again, it was just, I was allowing whatever to happen. And good was just pouring out of everywhere. People were coming out of the woodwork. To, to support us, to help us, it, it it was truly overwhelming. Yeah, it was overwhelming. And um, you know, I I, I had uh, a friend of mine who's still in in events at Disney, and she called me and she said, "Do you know we can't get Dan and Lee on property to do book signing? Like Lee, at least. How did you manage this?" And I said, uh, "Listen, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you." It happened. Do you when you do you journal? Like are, when you journal, do you just journal what you're I'm always kind of curious on what people write, like, or if you have like a daily routine that you do. Like, when mm -hmm. do you? What do you usually journal about? Mm -hmm. Out of curiosity. Um, so I live by the rule of um, live as if, live as if it's already done. It's already done. It's already it's already here. So if you want it to happen, you're just going to get more want. It. And that's where your imagination comes into play. A lot of people are like, okay, that's just a bunch of hocus pocus. That's just voodoo. You know, that's ridiculous. You know, whatever. Well, okay. If, that's, if, that, if that works for you, what works for me is journaling as if it's already happened. So when I journal, I'm already talking about we've, we had a record-breaking year. Well, we're in June. I know we're going to have a record-breaking year because it's already done. I know that. And so when you, when you allow yourself to think like that, um, you know, I didn't ask for, you know, a book signing. I didn't ask for assistance in a lot of these things. I just knew the help was there. I knew we were surrounded by people who wanted to help. That's, and, then, and that's enough. And so this is when people were just coming out of the woodwork. And, and Matt and I would sit at night, you know, after we were done with our day, and we would just laugh. Like, you know, <laughs> not laugh as in mockery, laugh as in, what the heck? This, yeah, this is awesome. This this is awesome because this is how it should be. You know, it shouldn't be arduous and terrible and, you know, uh, you know the life of a small business owner, I, I'm here to tell you it's not easy. I, you know, we're not, this is not all, you know, you know, uh, gumdrops and lollipops over here. I've never worked harder in my life. And I worked at the Magic Kingdom on Main Street for five years. So let, let me tell you. There's that, that's, that's work. Um, this is 10 times that I, I, but I love what I do. I own it. I get to call all the shots. If it fails, it's on me. Um, but I'm living my ultimate dream. No, I think that's, I think that's wonderful. I think that's, that's such a good, um, thing to hear and to be able to have and to think. And that's why I was kind of curious. Cause like, I do write like, but I don't ever write in the word of in, to be honest, like I don't ever write like if it's already happened, mm -hmm. 
but to be honest, I, a lot of it, and I'll just be true, genuine self here, conversation-wise, my sometimes my thing is I don't know what it is that I want. <laughs> and that's kind of the hardest part because I have a clothing brand that I've been doing and I love for the mm-hmm. last 10 years. Is it what I want to do at the end of the day? Like, how's it become? I have no idea. I just know that I've used... I know that for me, that has become my lightning rod that has allowed me to do other things and provide me other opportunities. Mm -hmm. So therefore, I just keep doing it and I keep putting my heart into it. Um, But then that's the reason why I started the podcast because I wanted, I've met so many other people that I want to be able to tell their story. Mm -hmm. So, and this is another thing that I love to do. So it's like, it's one of those where I'm like, I don't know when people ask me like, well, what's your plan? I'm like, I don't know what my plan is. I just kind of go. I'm like, I'm just doing it and I'm just kind of enjoying it and Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like I want to have the if because I want to have like that kind of that goal. And it, that's a hard part because it's like I would love to be able to do this full time, like in one way or the other. Like one of these is going to come. I feel like one of them is going to hit. And then when it hits, I'll just have to know. So yeah. I pre- I love hearing stories like this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because one of your one of your taglines, like even though like the good goods, one of your taglines always also is now that's a good story. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that I do appreciate when I come in to your store because you always have a story about like, oh, this vendor has this. So tell people a little bit about how, because the, the tell people a little bit about the layout of your store. Cause like your store is, I would say, let's just say it's, it's let's say it's a square. Let's mm-hmm. just say, even it's a little, yeah. has some angles or whatever, but let's just say it's a square. And the way you kind of do it, and that's one of the things that I love about this store when I come in, because that's something, you know, and we'll kind of talk about how the differentiation of being able to have, cause there are many stores in central Florida that kind of have their own flavor to it. Right. But so my question to you is, how would you describe if someone were to walk in, because it's seasonal, I would also say, mm-hmm. um, how would you describe if you were to walk in your store, what can they expect? Because there's a little bit of everything in the store and then kind of talk a little bit about your, the thought process, even though I know it's part of like what you've kind of done for, you've done for a long time. Mm-hmm. So that pro- thought process is start, has you have that knowledge of like, store layout, boutique, stuff type of thing like that. But just talk a little bit about that and then also about how you kind of, what your thought process is when you're kind of switching to different seasons or how often do you change the store? Right. So that is a loaded question. Um, So I think, you know, when, what's most important to me is when somebody walks in and their first sort of, 10 seconds is a good overwhelming feeling like, Ooh, I'm going to be here a while kind of, you know, feeling because they can immediately tell that it's not one thing in here. We're not a particular, uh, lifestyle here. We're not a particular anything. It's a collection of stuff. (laughs) So, you know, I, 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 I work, hard at lifestyling so um sometimes people you know when they when they come in they you know they want you know a geometry towel but sitting next to it is also a beautiful bottle of olive oil and they're, and they're thinking of a friend that they're buying a housewarming gift for and they're like oh you know these two could go together you know as opposed to having a particular th- you know all of one thing in one spot it's important to make sure that people see how things work together you know, um, and that's really what you'll see is when you come in um, that you'll see an item that coordinates to a very different item, but they work together and you may only want the one item. Great. But it also prompts you to think, 
oh, you know, I could use these together. I could give these together. I could keep this one for me and give this to someone else kind of kind of thing. Um, so I, I think uh, it's really about lifestyling the store in a way that people see functionality. Does it make sense? No, it does make sense. So like right now, to give you an idea, like if you were to walk in, like now, the one thing that I like is that you got, and it obviously, like I said, it, there is flavors to it, how it changes. Um, how do you go about seasonally to kind of go? Because right now, obviously, there's a lot of, I would say it's a lot of bright, like there's some, a lot of bright colors. Obviously, we're in like that summertime, mm -hmm. um, you know, so obviously you kind of have, you have like an area, I would say like the back of the air, the back of the store kind of has a definitely um, kind of a great florida florida style orlando florida theme where it's like hey if you you know if you want something whether it's like your 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 zip code or you want something that's kind of like very or kind of like it's like one of those things i the best way for me to describe it is what how i look at it is it's one of those things where either whether you're a tourist or someone that lives here you want it in your house because it's like a great it's something that represents that's very like mm -hmm. it's like a great thing to have like it's one of those where like i would if i came if i was visiting kind of like what you did from like your thought process so it's like a, it's a great example in the sense of like and I, and it, that's what i see with a lot of the things in your store is kind of that exactly like if i were to go travel I would want a store like this where it gives me a flavor of because you do have representation of stores and, and products from Central Florida, mm -hmm. but you also have other things that just have like a great like wow this is just another great small business mm -hmm. uh, and another great you know kind of thing and that, and those are the things that you can't you remember when you finish shopping because then when someone goes oh cool I really like this then they'll then go case in point we'll go with we'll use the example the and i don't even know how, you, how it's the cherry pit thing the cherry pit um oh yeah tell people a little bit about like to give you an example so i came into the store you and i had talked about it and you had told me that you had just bought this um because i had bought from you originally something i forget what it's like an eye mask mm -hmm. that kind of that weighs it's like a weighted eye mask that has a, a beautiful smell to it mm -hmm. and you you had just told me you're like oh my gosh i just bought this um this cherry pit uh, this like thing that helps it's either hot or cold. I'll let you describe what mm -hmm. it is so you can kind of tell the story. But like that was the thing that I enjoyed because when I as soon as I came home, I told like you didn't have it yet, but I told my wife about it. And then when I came back, obviously we ended up buying it and we use it, we use it quite often in our house uh, because it's amazing. So tell people a little bit about that, and then we'll kind of use that as well for me to kind of lead into like how where you find these other these other folks. Yeah. So that particular item is called uh, Cherapy, and we met this woman. Her name is Claudia, and she had a terrible event happened in her life that um, took her out of the workforce and so she had to get real creative on how to you know move on with her life and she through this process discovered um, how to create this these therapeutic pillows for people to you know have a respite from their pain or their discomfort and so she secures recycled cherry pits from the great state of Michigan, my home state. So that was a connection for me right there. Okay. And so uh, she puts them into these longer pillows and eye pillows. And they've, she's got a ton of great patterns and things. But um, the great thing about them is that, and I didn't know this until she told me, that cherry pits can be microwaved or frozen, and they hold heat or cold for an extended period of time. And when you use these bags um 
you know, they the whole the hot and the cold are giving you relief, but also like if you're putting it on your back and you're leaning leaning up against it, you're getting sort of that that vi- that uh, feel of the cherry pits. Yeah, someone's kind of like digging into your back mm-hmm. a little bit in the best way. Yeah, um, and so uh, these things we started carrying them last uh, fall. I still carry them because they do so well for us, and um, people love these things um and, you know, I, but I, but again she was you know a woman-owned company it's recycled you know so it's got a great eco-friendly story uh, it's so useful they're beautiful everyone can use one i mean it just that's that's the definition of a good story that and to me that i also think it's nuts because i'm like who would have thought recycled cherry pits mm-hmm. like you know what i mean like people are like <laughs> you're like you know who knew who knew that so mike where did you where did you come across how did you find her? Where did you find her? So we found her at a show in New York called New, New York Now. Um, we really don't go to shows. So because what I don't want to do is find things that are mass produced, made in China, you know, that the big box stores are going to care. I don't want any of that because you can get it there. And probably you're going to probably find it at a better price than what I could offer it for. So when we go to, we and we only go to New York for shows, um, we are looking for the needle in the haystack. And she was the definition of a needle in a haystack. Yeah. Um, and the other, some of the vendors that we've met in New York um, are, you know, I, I sort of quiz them, you know, what, you know, what's your social story? You know, do you have an eco-friendly component? Um, where's your, where are your items made? Um, do you own this or are you just a rep? You know, like I want to know because someone's going to ask me, cause once you put out their good goods or you start to have a statement like this, you gotta, you, you gotta back it up and you, and you better have the stories. Yeah. Um, so, but there's also another show in New York that we go to more. It's called a shop object and it's a curated show and it's not really for the masses and it's really these unusual, uh, really cool vendors that have the things that you'd find uh, off the beaten path. And so that show is really good. Um, so we go to that one more than anything. But there are a couple, there's one really great website that I use. It's called FAIR, F-A-I-R-E. And they are uh, sort of the warehouse of wholesale and what's so great about them is that i can filter out all the noise i can tell like when i'm searching for something i can say i want it to be women-owned eco-friendly it's got to be made in the usa and it searches for that item under that under those criterias and so i can find what i need but if i'm not finding what i need maybe i'll take off one of them and i'll say make sure it's eco-friendly and made in the u.s so maybe it's not women-owned. Or women-owned, maybe not in the U.S., but it's got to have an eco-story. Because we have things that um, are made in Mexico that have a great uh, socially good story. Um, so it's, if it's uh, not made in the U.S., it has to have an eco-story or it has to have a socially good story. Otherwise, we can't bring it in. What? This is one of those, and, and I'm, I'm going to ask you in the sense of because of the fact that you're a buyer on FAIR. 
what are so those are obviously some of the things what are some other things that you would have like if someone was considering because I, I have you know a lot of people that listen to my podcast or folks that are small businesses that or or have a business and they're trying to like get to that next step and maybe wholesale is their next step um and obviously i started fair i started using i started doing fair uh and you know just to kind of dip my foot and kind of figure out ways of doing it what are what would be some tips or advice you would want to you would give someone who is especially as someone who's a buyer that you would um, you would think like, hey, these are things that I'm looking for that you would want to have or that I'm expecting to see, um, and like other buyers as well are expecting to see that maybe you should that you would um, should have on on your fare type of thing. Do you know what I mean? Like kind of like good pictures or you know kind of like quantity like the quantity numbers. I know like the case unit sometimes mm-hmm. things like that. Like what are some of the things that you're looking for? And obviously you're not like end all be all, but just to kind of give people some mm-hmm. ideas of what they're what to look at if they were to go on a fair and be part of it and actually try to put their product on there to sell to have you know vendors and then in the same time if you are a small business and you're trying to approach someone like yourself saying hey i have a my i have a product um or any small type of small store like this um what are some advice you would give that you would give someone on the best way to approach um a business like yours mm-hmm. sure so if if a vendor if if a maker wants to go on fair, some of the advice I would give would be um, they give you an opportunity to tell your story. Make sure that has every single component that you want because I read that, and um, if it if it doesn't have a lot in there or it doesn't really speak to me or it doesn't really have the the um, the flair of like you're really a small business owner and you're, you're really, this is your passion. I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to pass you by. Um, cause it's not enough. Like if you're going to, if, if, if in that, cause not only do you get a story, but you can also immediately see what are their values. And so if it says eco-friendly, socially good women owned and your story doesn't say what your eco story is or what your social good piece is, do you really have it? Yeah. You know, so make sure your story's exactly right. I would also make sure that your product pieces are, you have every single uh, uh, piece of L, piece of product information in there. Do a beta test on one of your friends. Like talk, have someone say like, like that olive oil I just brought in. I brought it in. It's, it's made here and it was not made here, but it's made in Tucker, Georgia. And um, one of the things that wasn't on their site was whether it's virgin olive oil or not. Well, that's critical. People need to know if it's virgin olive oil. Is it extra virgin olive oil? Is it cold pressed? That wasn't in the information. So I messaged them and I said, you know, can you give me this? And they were like, oh, my God, that's their business is olive oil. How did you miss extra? Right. So it it, it can happen. It happens. It happens. Right. So I just nicely messaged them and said, hey, you may want to put that in there because even as an olive oil user, I want to know. Yeah. You know, so um, so that's what I would say about fair. Um, we have a lot of small businesses come in here, and uh, one of my favorite parts of my job at Disney was mentoring. I, I I really loved that piece, and so I feel like I still get to do that because we have several local makers who've come in, and we've had some really great conversations about whether they're really able to do wholesale. Um, whether, you know, whether they're more of, you know, you're really at a consignment level, you know, um, or really you should stick to the pop-ups, 
kind of, you know, yeah. Um, because, you know, I had, I had one local vendor come in and, and they, and they said, uh, they were doing some product and, and they said, well, what would you charge? And I said, that's not a fair question to ask a retailer. You have to consider all, all the base, all your cost, your time, the, the, how long does it take you to develop that art? That's your IP. What's that worth to you? You know, you have to, uh, understand the value the base value of your product. And then for you, you have to double that to make sure you are making money. Cause if you're not making money, you're out of business. I'll be making the money, correct? not you. So, you know, we would have these conversations and, and, uh, and they would say, well, well, how many would you buy? What's your, no, you tell me what your minimum is. You have to go and do the work of, I have to charge this. They have to buy this many. Because that guarantees your end first. If you can't guarantee your end first, then you're not ready. And because at that point, you've given the retailer the, the, control. Uh, the control to say, yes, I will buy your product. Or, you know what, your minimum's too high for me. Don't lower it. It's just too high for me. Correct. Or, oh, that wholesale, that's too high for me. Because if what I have, the margin I have to hit, I'm going to have to charge this. I'm not going to share what that is. You Correct. Know, that margin, that's my part, right? But, you know, a lot of people come in and they, but we have this dialogue. And so I'm happy to educate small business owners who are thinking about, you know, I really want to get on your shelf. How do I get there? Well, here's some things you've got to do. And it may be a year or two of doing pop-ups and getting, you know, filling your coffers, you know, so that you can start to broaden your production bigger and bigger. These, um, these uh, earrings right here by... Uh, Sorry, the listener can't see these. That's fine. Earrings by the register. Yes, earrings by the register. They're by a company called um, McGee Planet. And uh, this young lady came into the store about a year ago. And she had those Etch-A-Sketch earrings on. And I was ringing her up. And I said, oh, my gosh, where did you get those earrings? Because that's exactly the kind of stuff I want to look at. It's got to, if it, like, catches my attention, I want to carry it. And she said, oh, my husband and I make these. And I said, you're kidding me. I said, do you do wholesale? And she said, no, we're not there. And I said, oh, wow. I said, if you ever get there, take my card. But if you ever get there. So her and her husband went to SCAD in Savannah. Uh, they're very talented. And she has an Etsy shop. So I would check her her Etsy, plays, her, her Etsy page. And about six weeks ago, she emailed me. And she said, we're finally ready to do wholesale. Do you remember me, first of all? And I said, I absolutely remember you. Congratulations on getting to this place. And absolutely, I'm going to place an order. So I ordered probably 12 styles. I'm down to eight because I've already sold out of four. You know, so they're, they're just really cool, but they knew what they were doing because she knew immediately they weren't ready for wholesale. They, she knew what they had to do, um, and she knew at the right time to reach out. And her, her minimums and her, you know, uh, her wholesale was in line with what I could do. It was a match. That's great. No, I think that's super important to be able to have, to be able to understand that and know what you can do and be able to have that, you know, cause obviously nothing worse than, you know, we, under, I understand when you're a small business as well, but when you're a retail store and you're like, well, I need this, do you have this? And you can't, then it's kind of, and then, you know, there's a give and take when it comes to that was as two small businesses working together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I totally, uh, I totally get that. Yeah. You know, that's definitely uh, one of those things. What, so I, I brought it up earlier and I'm kind of curious because um, 
there's obviously there there's a, there's a few stores i will say there's a few known stores in central florida and orlando that ha- that are kind of like you know gift shop type places where you can come and, and know you're going to get um kind of like an assortment of different things to be able to buy not just for one person mm-hmm. um how do you guys and and from my conversations originally when i had uh when i had sarah from good crowd on one of the things that i appreciated was the fact that she mentioned that one you guys kind of have like almost like a group text you guys kind of there's a kind of a, a level of camaraderie i would say um or at least understanding but mm-hmm. my my and then my wife always figures out because my wife loves shopping at all these stores she's always amazed how you guys don't um do there's not as much of an overlap mm-hmm. how the heck does that happen because some things do kind of overlap onto some of these on some of your businesses your shops mm-hmm. because there are some similarities on some and some on some things how do you guys go that route like how is that how is that done? Because obviously, you know, as much as me as a small business wants to be everywhere, mm-hmm. I, I also have an understanding where it's nice because each store that you go to, you know, you're going to get something. You may see a flash of here or there of things, but for the most part, everyone has their own, uh, their own taste. How does, how does, I don't I'm always kind of curious about that in a, in a community aspect and how you guys handle that. Right. So that is uh, a great question because, you know, me being new as a small business owner, you know, I didn't know how it worked. I, I, I'd never owned a small business before. So, um, I, I I had to learn very quickly that number one, this is a community and Sarah has a great quote and I've shared this with her that I, I really thought this is, this will always be with me. Um, she said community over competition, which that I think is a great way to, uh, that's a great mantra when you think about how you're going to be a small business, especially here in Orlando. You know, and we have uh, bungalows all over Orlando. You know, there's College Park, Milk District, Audubon Park, us, you know, and so each one of us is uniquely different. And I think what's one of the most special things about Ivanhoe Village is that we all talk. We care deeply about each other. And so when you think about uh, that when the lines of communication are open like that, you can you can talk about um, you know what are you going to carry, what are you what, you know what are you working on, what are you doing, and it's not uh, uh, there's not an it's not to sabotage anybody or you know you I want to stay out of somebody's lane yeah is what I want to do that's ultimately in fact down at uh, Air Home Zach and Kelly own it uh, it's a beautiful store if you haven't been there. Um, and he and I were chatting one day, and we were we were both going to Shop Object in New York, and he said something about ornaments for Christmas. We were doing our Christmas buying, and I was going to go into a whole lot Cody Foster ornaments, and he mentioned just through conversation that you know yeah that was something they were going to focus on. They were putting up, and he said, oh, we're going to do this gorgeous tree in the window. And it's going to be full of Cody Foster ornaments, and I said, I'm so glad you said that because I was about to place an order for Cody Foster. And now some businesses may go, well, I'm going to order it anyway, even though it's two doors down. Yeah. That to me, that's not good neighbor. Yeah. Uh, You're just going to cannibalize each other's business. You're not going to win either. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I said, I'm so glad you said it. You, you take that. I'll do something else. And I, and, and we did. And so, you know, we're all connected on Instagram. As Sarah mentioned, you know, there's nine or 10 of us that are on this thread, you know, and we're there for, moral support <laughs> we're there for yeah. business questions and we do talk over that thread um 
But, you know, I'll watch. You know, I know Sarah does a great business with Corksicle. I'm not going to carry Corksicle. That's her lane. You know, that's something that she really does a great business in. So why would I do that? I'll find, you know, I carry Turvis, another great American company. Um, so I, I don't know that we uh, specifically sit down and go over line Correct. items. Yeah, obviously. But I think all of us visit each other. We all talk enough that we know that um, we, we know where our lanes are. And you're right. There is some crossover. You know, especially maybe with a local maker. Um, but that is one of, one of the things I talk to local makers about when they come in and, and, they, and we chat about whether they're a good fit here or not. Is I, one of the first things I ask them is, where else are you carried? Because if, you know, we use good crowd as a lot of examples here. But, you know, if Sarah carries it and I carry it, that's probably okay. Correct. Because we're far enough apart. But if they're pitching to someone in, in the North Quarter or on Virginia or even down from me, no. I mean, and not as in, you know, no, I'm not going to carry your stuff. How dare you? Yeah. It's, it's doing you a, a favor, too, because, again, we'll just get into cannibalizing. Correct. So, you know, we used to have over, I think, this store, uh, the local makers we had in here when we first opened, because we opened post-pandemic, um, there were pop-ups. And so we were the home to a lot of vendors local makers in here. And then once the pop-ups started, they were happening at House on Lang, uh, Bazaar Botanica, all the things happening at Ivanhoe Brewing. The pop-ups were just, and now they're still Correct. everywhere. So we've actually cut our local makers probably in half because, not that we didn't want them, but, you know, if you're at a pop-up behind the shop, you know, we want them to do the business back there. It's your Correct. product. That's where you should be yeah. making your money. But during the week, if I've if you've got two shelves in here and people during during the week are coming in and going, oh, I love that particular maker, but they're not buying, it's because they bought it over the weekend. Well, yeah, it's kind of like you're once again you're cannibalizing each other. Almost. Correct. Yeah. So we had to really do some you know some some uh, rethinking about who who we who we could carry, and um, yeah. So no, that makes sense. No, that and it's something that's very interesting because I don't ever you don't you. Orlando is a small town in that sense. So like that's kind of one of the big ones where you kind of there's got to be somewhat of a you can't be everywhere. Um, it just doesn't it just doesn't work that way. And, and it makes total sense coming from, you know, as a as a someone selling the product makes total sense um, where you're coming from. What are what are some le hard lessons that you've learned? Because, I mean, obviously. We've talked about, you know, and we've we talked about like the good, the good, good part mm -hmm. storyline. Mm -hmm. um, what have been some things, some learning lessons that you've had um, along the way? Because, um, I, I mean, I guess my first one is: was it difficult when you had to cross, when you had to lose, leave a lease of one and going into another? Mm -hmm. I mean, like, there's some there's some things on there. Like, what are what have been some of the things that have been, um, I guess, yeah, learning lessons. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, the for me as a single business owner, you know, my husband works in here once in a while yeah. to give me a it's, break. It's mostly you though on yes. a day to day. I mean, you have yes. people that come obviously help yes. um, in the shop, but it's it's mostly you yes. running it. Yes. So um, I would, if I could go back and tell myself three years ago some good advice, it would be um, listen to your husband <laughs> more. Uh, because, you know, I was so anxious when we first opened that, you know, there was a lot of pressure on me. I put a lot of pressure on me. And so I 
was trying to run it as a Disney business. You know, and that's all I had to grow go on was my Disney background. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sorry, that little shop down there <laughs> was not in need of of a Disney fying. It just wasn't. And so he came up with things that were really simple that I thought, no, how could we possibly do that? One being, we can thank him that we have a square register or that we have uh, actual price tags with barcodes because nothing in the store down there. I didn't want barcodes on things. I thought that looked too uh, corporate. Corporate. So things had handwritten price tags. And so when people, when people would come up to buy, I had to find it all in the register, you know, and that took a long time. And so he kept saying, Jeff, you know, the bigger we get, the more busy we get, you know, you really need to be able to, you know, scan stuff. I fought, fought, fought. And then finally, uh, I saw the need and I thought, why did, you know, that was, a, that was something really stupid. Yeah. I just needed to listen and be open to other suggestions. Get okay with failing. Just get okay with it. And don't sit there for a long time. If something happens, and it will happen, don't sit there long. Uh, get 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 the get the resolve you need, whether it's through you know you course correcting or bringing in other people to help you course correct. You know, um, there were there were things that I've purchased, processes that I started that I wish I hadn't. That you know brought. A tremendous amount of work on Matt and I had I thought through a little bit more um, uh, but again you know as a small business owner it's it's you you're you, it's you you're making every call and every shot and you know um, so I think just getting okay with with you know things are not always going to be um, you know rosy days they're just not what what happens when you I'm always curious about and obviously there's like always a the clearance or a sales section mm-hmm. but what happens when you get like a you think oh my god this is amazing and it's a total dud yeah what are what like what do you do with those besides cuz obviously you already you purchased it you have it you they're yours so now what do you do I've never bought anything that wasn't a big seller I'm kidding I'm kidding oh my just look at the sales section beside you um you know when and that's it, you know. The the real challenge for a buyer, as any of our little small business owners here can tell you, is um, you, you can't buy for yourself. What you buy for is your gut instinct in, you know, trends that you know are happening. Get get good with um, retail publications. Um, uh, talk to. Um, if you've got reps in the area, talk to them because they've got a real heartbeat on what's you know coming for fall or winter or spring or whatever. Um, but when you when you buy something, we call I call it a dog, you know. And I've got and I have bought some dogs. Um, it is a lesson in you know kind of sitting back and going, okay, so why why did it fail? Um, and just moving past it, mark it down fast. If you've had it for probably, you know, lifespan of you know, three or four months and you're not, and it's not sold, get it, get it marked down because you can at least get your cost back, Yeah, you know, to reinvest in something else. Um, but there are things that I 100%, I was like, that is amazing. And oh my, those, 
this matches. I got some towels that had funny, snarky sayings on them. Smart, uh, snarky and funny are big in this store. Yeah. They just, that particular brand, it just didn't resonate with people. And even marked down, I'm not moving it. So I'm like, okay, well, so now I've got to take I'm giving a bigger, them as a gift, right? Well, I'm either giving it as a gift or now I've got to dip below my cost. Yeah. And so when those sorts of things happen, um, don't panic, don't freak out, try to get your cost back. If you've got to dip below your cost, oh, you have to do it. But you know, that's when, um, your, your, uh, your profitability starts to, you know, if you've got your eyes set on this year, I want our profit to be X. Those have got to be rare. You know, or yeah. one of the things that Stacy down at Yay um, showed me uh, at one of the sales we did, and I completely stole it from her, and uh, she's okay with it, is we did surprise boxes, you know, and uh, for one set price. Like a mystery box? A mystery box, yeah. and it's just got all these little goodies in it, and um, people love them because there's really great stuff in it. Yeah. Really great stuff, but uh, it's a mystery, and, you know, it's just fun going through it all and... So we just did a um, event in March called Leftovers and Lemonade. I remember that. Yes, and uh, I had twenty large surprise boxes and fifteen small, and I was out in the first forty-five minutes. They were gone, and they were twenty and fifteen, gone. And uh, people you know, stood there and undid it, and you know, or I saw people over sitting on the ground, you know, going through it, and they were squeals of joy, and you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, but it moved through a lot of that stuff. So you got to get creative. No, uh, that's smart. You got to get creative. Super smart. What yep. do you? So obviously you spend a lot of time here, mm -hmm. but what do you do outside of here? What do you do for fun? So uh, one of the things that Matt and I do is we we spend a lot of time with our tribe. You know, it's a very small tribe, um, and they're our closest and dearest people in our lives. They're our chosen family, and. Uh, we spend a tremendous amount of time with them. Um, we also love to travel. We're heading to Key West in about two weeks, just a Matt and I time for you know a long uh, weekend. And so um, we we do that. We also um, we give ourselves uh, we 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 just started back at Orange Theory, so you know after the pandemic, both of us got very sedate. Mm -hmm. like a lot of people and put on those COVID pounds. So, you know, we're refocusing back on our, on our health. And so, um, and we also spend a lot of time in our pool, you know, just recharging and just, uh, you know, doing simple things. It's simple things. Yeah. I love to read. I'm a big reader. Um, uh, I'm a big meditator, you know, I'll float in the pool and meditate in the morning or Matt every morning, 7:45. you know, the alarm goes off and he says, you know, you, know, you, you gotta go meditate. And I do, I get up and I go meditate, you know. So there are simple, simple things that keep me, you know, grounded and keep me sane. Um, Out of curiosity, you and Matt, are, are are you very, both very similar? Is there one more risk take, risk averse or then risk taker, um, like a yin and yang, or are you both kind of pretty similar? How does that, how does that kind of work? Because... I've always, I'm always intrigued because when you have, it's the importance one of support from your spouse. Mm -hmm. So important. Um, but at the same time, I also feel like if you, if you're both, I'm just kind of curious, like if you're both the same, then obviously then 
there's that that can kind of also kind of almost sometimes not work to your advantage either depending on what it is because you could either be too conservative or too um aggressive or too you know constantly going and where sometimes you kind of need that little bit of a kind of balance right that's a great question because if you asked our friends or people who really knew us they would say that i am the alpha dominant email male in the fa- you know in, in in the couple because I have an opinion about everything. I have a very strong opinion, especially if it's something that I'm hot on. Um, I, have a, I, I have things to say. Uh, whereas Matt is more calculated in what he has to say. And so, and that's, for me, the way I interact may not always, I, I always draw on him because he's such a great example for me. I, you know, I'll watch him and I'll know I need to just simmer down mm-hmm. or I need to step back. I need to chill out. Um, or, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm hot on something and he'll say, okay, well, you know, we will do it. That's his first thing is we'll do that. Especially anything related to the store. Like he's, he's in the process of building me new wall fixtures you know these these big monsters are yeah. going and he's building all new wall fixtures for me do we need them no i want them because it's going to change the store and it's change the layout it's going to change the layout and so he he says because math built almost everything in here so he's so he'll say listen i will do it just walk me through your process tell me why and he's so calm about it and he really knows there's not many people who can handle I mean, I think I'm I'm kind of a wild card. That's why I think him. We 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 met late in life. We I didn't meet him until I was 48. Okay. And I was convinced I was going to be single because I was just you know woo. And uh, he is the one person who can put me in my place. And uh, so when you look at how we run this business, he lets me run this business, but he also will quietly have an opinion and share that with me privately and like, you know, and, and he helps, he's helped divert plenty of disasters in here. He brought that, he bought bar, he brought barcodes in here. So we can thank him for that. Um, so no, I like that. Yeah. I think it's important. I'm always intrigued by that. I'm always intrigued by that. I'm always intrigued when I talk to couples that, um, are actually both co, you know, co-own it and actually are doing the job together. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always intrigued by that just because there's no separation um, and things like that. So that's why I'm always I'm always intrigued about the relation relationships, especially with significant others when you're doing something like this, because obviously it's the livelihood of both of you mm-hmm. um, when it comes to something like this. So I totally get that. Um, what would you say is, I guess, if someone, what, what's your advice for someone if they were to want to start something? Mm. Yes. So I think if somebody wanted to like start a brick and mortar, small business, start a small business, heck, maybe even want to like, there's like a thing I usually will say, obviously small business always works, but in general, you pretty much, there's a certain things that you can probably start anytime you want to start anything. I think the, the one, the hardest part is the, that the, the original, the initial acting of starting, mm-hmm. having an idea and, Oh, I would love to do this, but you don't mm-hmm. actually do it. Mm-hmm. So I'm always kind of intrigued by like what it, what would be, and I kind of make it open because I, I kind of take it as anyone who's listening to this, whether they're wanting to start a hobby or start anything, 
heck exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, there are certain elements that they can grab, whether it's starting a small business or starting in general, anything like a hobby or, or some, maybe something that could become a business. Mm-hmm. So I'm always kind of intrigued to see what people think, um, what advice they would give someone for wanting to like, you know, if they were to start something. So there's two parts to that for me. Um, before I started this business, um, and I think this was the universe's way of kind of tapping me on the shoulder that a change was coming, is I would keep running into these articles where I would read, you know, the big city lawyer just walked away from their job and now they're a hiking trail guide in, you know, at the Grand Canyon or this, you know, executive left and now she owns a cupcake shop. You know, I'm like, how? How, how, how does that happen? And so the, the, the commonality in all of that, and it is exactly the same with me, was that if you're thinking about it, if you are filled with joy when a particular idea comes into your head, if, if, if you can't stop thinking about it, if you feel less tension or stress when you're thinking about a thing that you love, the, that is, you can call it God, the universe, who, whatever. You're being spoken to that there's a passion that's trying to get out. And I think what I could say, I was given a tremendous gift with my severance package. I know that. Um, so if that's the route, great. Then you've got your start right there. Um, if not, I would continue to explore... Um, those feelings of passion and desire. Um, and if you live by the live as if just see yourself doing it already. When I would drive to Disney, I would, I would imagine that I was driving to go meet a a vendor. I was driving to the store. I I didn't know what store. And also in my journal, I would say, gosh, I wish I never had to get on I four. I wish I could work downtown, but how's that going to happen? I work for Disney. Now look, I live 10 minutes from the store. I don't get on I-4 and I, live, and I work downtown. You have to, if, 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 if the dream and the passion is there, start seeing yourself in it. You're doing it. Feel it. Smell it. Taste it. Whatever it is, feel it. And I promise you, if you get into that allowing space, the doors are just going to start opening. The, the people are going to start coming out. You're going to have what you're going to call serendipitous moments Boy, wasn't that weird. Oh, I can't believe. I was just thinking about that. Oh, look, you know, someone just brought that up. Oh, did you? I just met someone. You know, it's going to be constant because you're allowing. And that's, you've got to, you can't be afraid of that. Otherwise, you're going to stay where you are. I love that. Where can, uh, how, where can people shop? Give people the information on how they can find Maffrey's um, online as well as also come in the store. So right now we are just a brick and mortar store. Uh, we are hoping by late fall, we're hoping to have an online presence. We know that that's necessary. But also the way I curate, it's hard to sustain a brick and mortar and an online. Correct. So uh, we're hoping to have that. Um, so really, uh, it's just come in and see me. You won't be disappointed. No. I'll welcome you. For sure. No, I think it's great. I think if you're in Orlando visiting, <laughs> if you uh, listen to the podcast and you're in the area, it's perfect. Uh, great little area to be in the Ivanhoe Village area to be able to come do shopping. Great places to eat and drink. 
um, I definitely think it's uh, it's definitely worth uh, worth a visit. I know I always come by, even if I come by just to say hi, <laughs> I come by to check that. And I also like to peruse. I always love to look and see because there is you could definitely get lost here and when you're shopping. So it's well, definitely a good thing. I will say, Biggie, you know, uh, and and to give you a, 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 a huge plug is when you think about, you know, Orlando was just um, named one of the best places in the nation to open up a small business. And I think that's because we, Orlando, this very special bubble in the state of Florida, has a reputation for community and people taking care of, of each other. Yeah. And that's what you're doing with this podcast, giving a voice to other small businesses that don't have this sort of technology, your yeah. audience. And so, you know, you're, you're a, a prime example of when you think about what a small business owner needs and does, it's what you're doing. You're doing the Lord's work. I appreciate it. No. And I, and I think the reason I love doing this, cause I, I like, and I think I brought it up to you. Like I've had people ask me like, well, why do you do this? It has nothing to do with your brand. Like, I tell people lunch with Biggie and a lot of times people will tell me like, Oh, well, are you going to talk about food? And I'm like, no, there's like maybe one element of food. I ask about lunch and then that's it. But the reason I do it is for that is because I really truly have a passion where I think, and, and, and no offense cause I love the mouse, but I do, I, I have a, a great sense of pride for being living in the city beautiful. And to me, I love just telling the story of small businesses, not just on Orlando, but just like anyone has like an amazing story to share. I, I'm always intrigued by it, but mainly because I'm, I live here and I see it and I see all these small businesses and I just think it's so amazing to be able to have that, you know, kind of like, you know, it's a perfect thing. I mean, Hey, I would say it's a great concept to have for you maybe, and we can talk more future project for you. You can do Maffrey's good goods and you can actually have your podcast and have maybe your your vendors as a as a person or heck even talk about each product um in some form or fashion see that might be a fun thing to do whether you do it on social media or you do it as a podcast but there's always elements there's 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 definitely an element here because you have all these stories and it's a definitely great way to be able to go and i think that's one of the things i also love the reason why i do this also is like you and i've we've we talk when i come in but we don't we this is like our probably the longest conversation we get to have because we don't usually obviously you have a business to run so for me i selfishly do this because it allows me because these are people that i'm intrigued by that i'm inspired by that i want to talk to and i want to share their story but i also want to be able to get to know you uh and it's my selfish way of being able to do it so um and that's one of the things i love about it so i definitely you know jeff i really appreciate you taking the time uh, to let me be in maffrey's and do and obviously not do shopping yet but you know <laughs> at least because we're closed right now because but i do appreciate you taking time on my lunch break to be able to to kind of chat and talk about maffrey's um that's our show for today thank you so much to to jeff stark of maffrey's um is it just it's maffrey's good good or is that Maffrey's Good Goods, and which, by the way, I forgot to mention, you're our 16th local maker because you brought your cards back. Oh in. yes, I do so, appreciate that. I do appreciate that. And not many places have my cards because, like, it's like almost like a hidden thing on my website. I, I don't ever actually have it, so I do appreciate that. Um, thank you so much for having lunch with me. Definitely, if you're in the Ivanhoe Village area, definitely give them a follow. I would say, if anything, give them a follow on social, just so you can kind of see all the different things that are on here. So that way, if you are visiting Orlando or Central Florida, you have a reason to tell someone, "Hey, I know this great little shop that I want you to go visit." Um, so they can kind of come in and do some shopping. He does change it during the seasons, which is one of my favorite parts about just seeing how the store is going to change. Um, if you want to support, obviously, me, 
check out my brand, Deli Fresh Threads. Um, make sure to tell your friends. Um, make sure, obviously, I, I, like I always say, today is National Selfie Day. Make sure to take a selfie with a sandwich or with a shirt on. Um, if you want to su- support my podcast, obviously, subscribe, tell your friends, share it, do all that. Um, thank you. Until next time, keep eating sandwiches and follow your passion. <laughs>